0: G'day and welcome to the Cultivate Farms podcast. Sam Marwood here and thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We're thinking of as many ways to get you onto your farm or help you to step back. And we really hope you find all this information useful and inspiring. Let's get you farming. Well, good everybody, Sam Marwood here from Cultivate Farms and we're all about supporting next-gen farmers to follow their farm ownership dreams and helping retiring farmers to step back and transition ownership to top quality uh, next-gen farmers. And a lot of that, and what we talk about is uh, resilience, persistence, and determination. And these are three words that this gentleman here, Warren Davies, who's known as the Unbreakable Farmer, talks about every single day Uh, and Warren and I caught up a couple of weeks ago and I just loved his story, we got along really well uh, and we thought we have to get Warren's face and voice in front of all of our followers to inspire you to keep following your dreams so Warren thank you very much for for your time. G'day
1: Sam, thanks for having me
0: along it's um, a a real privilege to have a chat to you today. And you're in uh, Kyabra, Victoria which is where our first Aspiring farmers were matched with investors, so it's a great part of the great
1: part of the world. It is a it is a good part of the world. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful sunny day today. So, um, just, weather's always good in Kyabra. Just that sun doesn't stop,
0: does it anyway? Nah, that's it. <laughs> so, mate, um, today I want to focus on aspiring farmers, uh, and we, we yep. spoke about this at our last catch up on the phone. And I, I, we think that the biggest barrier now to next gen farmers. Owning a farm is the is the mental barrier that you know if you want it you can have it. Money is no longer the barrier because we have figured it out it's all about relationships and connecting people. Um, so I want that to be our theme is how do you how do you keep getting up every morning uh, and fighting for this crazy dream of old owning a owning a farm. Um, so the, the things we're going to unpack. But first off, I would love for you just give a bit of a background about yourself, uh, which I find really interesting. I love that you've got this focus on uh, mental strength and um, being unbreakable and you're a farmer, uh, or you were a farmer. And, and also, even more interesting, is that you weren't a farmer and you became a farmer. I love I love all that story. So just maybe a brief outline of, of your story, mate, and, um, and then we'll get cracking to, the, to some concepts.
1: Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, so as you, you've you touched on there, I wasn't always a farmer, but I wasn't always a country boy. I was born and bred in Melbourne and lived in Melbourne until I was 15, so... Um, Yeah, so becoming a farmer was probably something, you know, to my friends as I was growing up was something that, you know, way out there, you know, it wasn't that I know lots of my friends that I'm still connected with that I grew up with are, are definitely not that, like they're um, you know, corporate bankers and <laughs> uh, big real estate, um, real estate agent owners in, in like in docklands and places like that. So being a farmer was something different, but, um, yeah, I suppose it was mum and dad were small business owners and dad always harbored this dream of um, becoming a farmer. And yeah, so that's. Basically, what he did, he followed his dream where you had friends that were farmers that were in Gippsland and they were, uh, they were share, they, they progressed through the, uh, through the ranks. They were share farmers and then from share farming went into farm ownership. And then they went from Gippsland and, and, and chased that dream over the mountains called irrigation and they moved up here to the Golden Valley. And I think, cut a long story short, we come up to visit them on school holidays and then all of a sudden, um, dad bought a farm and he moved to the country. So, <laughs> which was good for me because at, at that time I was struggling at school and, and trying to find, you know, my way forward and what was I going to do? And always had these thoughts in the back of my head that probably only in and no disrespect to the garbos out there, but I was, that's what I was going to end up being. Like I, I, no, I, I, I aspired living at the foothills of the Dandenongs, aspired to be a park ranger, but, Knew that I probably didn't have the academic rigour to become one. Um, and and probably didn't at that stage, didn't have the career advice that, you know, in year nine at school that, you know, if you did this, this and this, which is what happens today at school, you know, creating pathways for, for kids, I, I may have ended up being that. But obviously moving to the country, I'm still at school and still struggling. But I suppose my whole concept of farming, um, back in those days was tractors and motorbikes. That's what I thought farming was about. And I quickly then, um, upon leaving school, got a, got a, a job like as a, nearly more 16 years and nine months or whatever I was, got a job on a farm as a farm hand and quickly developed that passion for not only farming, um, and probably quickly moved away from the passion of tractors and motorbikes because I hate small engines and I hate stuff that you gotta fix. <laughs> and developed this passion for, um, cows. I just love cows and I love farming and I love that, that, um, that, that thing of turning that green stuff into white stuff. Um, it was a real, uh, it's a, it's a challenge and it, but it was something that I really loved. I loved, fiddling with cow's diets to make them milk better and um, and make sure that they were optimally healthy and and that was that was the start of that and on that farm where I got that job I worked there for seven years and got to the stage where I thought I knew everything about farming that I needed to know in that seven years and and decided that and I suppose this is the stuff that that if I had have met you thirty years ago it might have led to different Avenues, I suppose, but uh, what well, we would get. I had a couple options up my sleeve at that stage, and it was either lease a farm, go share farming, um, and a lot of share farming stories from our friends had been fraught with danger, I suppose. So, um, and leasing was there was no real, uh, not a lot of options of leasing around us at that stage. So the other option was to buy, and that's what we did. We bought. Basically a bare farm, or it had a house on it, but no dairy, nothing. But it was right next to Mum and Dad's farm, and we joined those those mm-hmm. two properties together and created a family business. So, and that's where that's where the real farming journey, I suppose, even though I'd been working on a farm for seven years, the real farming journey started. And that's and this is the I guess the start of the unbreakable farmer,
0: isn't it, Warren? That um, you you started this from nothing. you and this this will be a story unpack, but and you had a crack, and then just life happened, and drought, and uh, and this is where you've learnt those skills about resilience and persistence and determination, and that's the that's the stuff you're sharing across the country now um, is from that lived yeah. experience of, of the the realities of farming sometimes.
1: Yeah, and that's and I suppose naively as that twenty two year old as I went into um, into that farming business, I. You know, obviously knew that I was going into business with mum and dad, which um, can be fraught with danger, family businesses as well. Um, going, obviously, into business with the bank because they lent me the money. Um, but I also went into business with my silent business partner, which was Mother Nature. And, um, you know, she decided to come along a few times and help me around the years, but also taught me some really good lessons, um, you know, yeah, and... It's taught me some skills like, you know, uh, about being adaptable and, and having initiative and being able to problem solve on the run basically sometimes because that's the way farming sometimes unfolds. That you, You've got to have those skills to be able to push forward. But um, also on the other part of my story was I also had some mental health challenges as well and some of these um, real challenges that – were, uh, I suppose I was confronted with um, had a major effect on that as well and I did spiral out of control a, a little bit <clears> or <throat> oh, a fair bit not a little bit and uh, you know so that was another element to that but the farming side of it it was just you know we had a first, we had a flood which really challenged us and, um, you know, as an up and coming business and not generational farmers either. So we, you know, basically mum and dad were just finding their feet. I was finding my feet um, and just, you know, newly married and with our first child on the way, our farm went completely underwater and happened on the 4th of October, <clears throat> which was not ideal timing because we're you know, ready to cut hay cows were hitting their peak and basically lost everything on the ground and so probably one that with my mental health it was a bit of a challenge on the other hand it was it taught me some really good lessons about feeding cows and you know that you can make shit happen even though you're faced with the the, the most dire of at that stage, felt like the most dire of situations. You can still make shit happen, and the, and you can you know get get that going. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's full
0: on, and um and I want to encourage people to like uh, they, they can jump on the internet and uh, and see more of your backstory because it is really uh, really interesting. And but what I want to do now is um is just unpack and use that that knowledge of that of your journey and what you you're talking through across the country more into farmers and to, to anyone in business and anyone in life. Um, but particularly honing that knowledge around these aspiring farmers. So we're, we are asking aspiring farmers to put themselves out there every day. So we're saying uh, for you to own a farm, you need to build relationships uh, with people who can back you and who could help you. So uh, potentially investors and, and retiring farmers. And in conjunction, you know, you're, you're we're encouraging them to put themselves on social media and talk about their farm. Their desires to own a farm and documenting how they want uh, to that they had this dream like you did uh, to get on your farm, and no doubt, and this is the same thing with starting cultivate farms. There's this thing that's going to happen, which is called rejection, uh, and there's there's going to be a reality that people are going to go nut. Nah, I don't want. I think I don't want to back you. I think what you're thinking about is is crazy. Who wants to farm anyway? Um, and then there's also the perception of rejection, which probably stops a lot of people from chasing their dreams. And this is what we're saying, we want you to go for your dream. We know it's a big dream, uh, but to get there is gonna uh, take a lot of hard work and get a lot of rejection. So I'd love to get your thoughts about how do aspiring farmers cope with the concept of rejection and the realities of rejection? So how do they, how do they break through that barrier and just, and just keep going and fighting for this dream?
1: To, to answer those questions, I can delve – like, and that's one good thing about farming, it teaches you lots of lessons. <laughs> and I, my favourite saying, and, and I was actually still – even though I've been going around the country speaking and that I was still actually working on a dairy farm up until Christmas time and I used to tell, tell people that I was working with or that, were, that, that I was managing that there's one thing that dairy farming taught me, um, if I wasn't learning something, that day, I need to, to seriously check my pulse because, um, because basically, you must be dead if you're not learning something. Because farming, dairy farming in particular, teaches you something new every day. You'll see something <coughs> that you might have been in the game for 30 years, like I had been. Um, you'll see something that day that you've never seen before, and that's a and that's good. And you can, it builds up like a big encyclopedia of knowledge in your head. But using I think using the drought, to I can use the drought situation on our farm to answer your question because it taught me the biggest lessons and lessons of connection and relationships were the thing that helped us get through for that first initial part of the drought because if we didn't have those connections and and relationships, we wouldn't have survived mm. from day one because, you know, sourcing feed and all that. But also I think, dealing with that concept of rejection. And it was mother nature that was rejecting me at that stage. And it was, how did you get up every morning and keep going and keep that dream alive? And I think it's just that if you've got that passion to be a farmer, getting up every morning, regardless of what you're confronted with, um, it just happens because you know that's what you want to be. And, that, and I fought hard for that dream. Obviously, and at the end of the day, things were stacked against us because we were a new business and, um, and the drought continued on. And basically, we we're in, probably in a position that, um, and it's funny that I say this now, but I'm still friends, um, with our bank manager that we had back on the farm in those days. And he, he, he even says to me now, if I had had the skills I've got now, then I could have helped you differently. Mm. And that, you know and but that you know mm. that's history and you can't change change that but at the end of the day you know having connections to people around you that can help you um continue or or source the feed that you need to do or find the solutions i i talk a lot about um community when i speak and and the power of community and i think that's what you're developing with cultivating farms is that, that community and within a community there's shared wisdom um, and you you can tap into that and that shared wisdom because everyone's got a different story, everyone's been through different situations and everyone's dealt with them differently and if you can tap into that and I think that's really, yeah. you know, from what I've looked at what you're you're doing kind of that encapsulates what you're doing you're tapping into to resources and knowledge from all different sectors to help people you know achieve a dream of getting into farming um, and yeah so relationships are really important and, and developing them and and us talking about that rejection there's rejection in anything and uh, you know having stepped out of farming and then stepped back into farming as a manager and stepped back out and stepped back in. And um, every industry, once you step away from farming, you think, well, you know, the old saying, grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Well, sometimes it's not because every industry has its challenges. Every industry has its good and its bad points. Um, and I think like we were talking before we, we come on air about I wouldn't change anything about my farming journey. Because it's created who I am today. it's created what my kids are today, um, whether that's good or bad in some point, points, but everything's got its good and bad and, and yeah, I wouldn't change that, that for anything. Mm, I love it. so I think the, the,
0: the two points I took from that for Warren, are the, are those' definitely the relationship. So having that tribe around you, those like-minded people who can see that vision you've got so that when you know things you know when someone a retiring farmer says no, and I don't want to back you. You've got someone to be able to call up and just and talk talk it through. I think that is so key. And and the other one you, you you touched on there was um um, and I don't think you you said it this way, but it's like do you do you really want this dream? Um, and that I think a lot of this is around do you, do you really want it? So if you really want something, you you'll put up with whatever um to get to get there. And a lot of this is probably shaking out. Uh, hey, oh, I've got this idea of being a farmer and then you go through the realities of it, realities of it and you're like, this actually is gonna be hard, and I'll be, my, I'll be an entrepreneur, and all the decisions will be on my head, uh, and this is all on me, and some people love that, and some people are just not that person at all, and um, prefer to work for somebody rather than the, be the entrepreneur. So that sort of mentality of knowing, yes, this is all I can do, this is all I can think of, this is all I, when I wake up, that is all I can think of doing, knowing that, and then having that tribe around you to help you get there seem to be the, the two core, core
1: ideas. Yeah, and the, and I keep harping back. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, that's the same. Like if you want to be your own boss and don't want to work. And for for me, starting out like obviously working on a farm for for seven years and then going out on my own. Well, then for the next 16 or 18 years, I was my own boss. So when I you know, when the drought kind of finalized my dream a little bit. I then had to stay and it's never been the same. Working for someone wasn't the same. So my driver and hence why I'm now doing what I'm doing is because I'm in control. Um, and there's nothing wrong with working for someone either. There's there is avenues for everyone. You know, there's pathways for everyone. If you want to be in agriculture or in farming, there's all these pathways. Farm ownership is one of those pathways and, um, you know, you can be a manager, but you've got to develop the skills to get to that stage. You can't just step in and, you know, which is a a misconception of a lot of younger people these days that think that, you know, well, yeah, I don't want to buy a farm. I can't, but I'll be a manager. Well, that doesn't happen. Like you can be, but you've got to have the knowledge behind you to be a manager. And um, they, those concepts change a little bit over have changed a little bit as farming evolved because like when I started farming I can I always remember sitting down at a leadership um, a, a leadership management program that I was doing um, through the Australian Institute of Management and sitting down with a farmer and he goes when we started farming we had I think it was 300 acres we were milking 120 cows and we had a share farmer. Well, that doesn't happen these days. Like so, and you know, farming farming families have then evolved into bigger far, farms where they employ people and all that. And it's just where you want to get in in the industry and what you want to do, and and I suppose your what your perception of risk is, and and there's lots of things that come into it. But if you've got that dream of, and look, and I know lots of people now, some younger families as well that are. You know, in fairly trying conditions at the moment, especially in the dairy industry, are making their way, um, quite successfully. Um, and, but also probably not traditionally either. So they're farmers and dairy farmers foremost, but they're entrepreneurs as well. And, you know, they're diversifying their business a little bit as well. And, you know, might be producing cheese or their own milk or whatever it is. Um, to find that way to keep their dream alive, and that's that's the important part. Of it. You know, as I keep harping back to, everything, everything in life has got um, its challenges, and and everyone's got to find their own way of making it work. So, if farming's what you want to be, and you want to be a farmer, you'll make it work. Mm-hmm. You know? um, obviously, for me moving away from the farm and then managing farms. That was something that I loved too because I i was able then to um, go into um, like businesses that I would have never been able to afford myself and yeah. and then develop my skills further. So it was a, and, and plus like we'd been, um, you know, just the way our farming um, journey evolved it probably put us under too much pressure at from the start, and so that was the the pathway I took because I was passionate about continuing to be a farmer, even though i didn 't have my farm anymore, but going back to when we were younger that that wasn 't an option you know i didn't want to go and work for a, a a bigger farm or you know be that manager. I wanted to be be the one mm-hmm. that called called the shots and made my own decisions. Mm. Yeah, and and that changes over over time. Like, yeah, you might,
0: you might want to own, a, as you're saying, a, a farm when you're younger, and then you realize, no, I'm happy to work for someone. Then later on, you're like, no, I want to own my own farm again. It's like it's not like life's static, and you have static dreams
1: no. as well. That's a good point. Yeah, and that's hence how I've become a speaker, and I get to travel around the country doing what I'm doing now because that I I could see that as my passion, and i was able to help people negate their journeys when they like, and hopefully help people uh, travel their journey through and miss the bits that I kind of picked up. (laughs) It's so good, like even your story is
0: interesting just from an entrepreneur point of view that you're farming and then you had this side hustle around speaking and, and talking about resilience yeah, and persistence and then that build up over time it's like a farmer building their skills up over time and uh, once people see you and you build traction opportunities come And then you're like oh this is no longer a side hustle this can be my my thing and that, that's the mentality you want these farmers to have is get out there build your skills uh, have it maybe have a job elsewhere and, and try and work on a farm and slowly over time when people see you're good enough and you work you, you want it the
1: doors open is that that feels like the journey you've been on so you've you've hit that on the head. So my farming, so basically I fell for the um, look what the Joneses are doing and try and follow them. In hindsight, if in lots of there's lots of hindsight in life. <laughs> in the situation that we were in when we decided that we had to leave our farm, in hindsight now I wish I had held on to it. Um, I wish I had I had the advice to tell me to do that. Mm. And then I, I could have gone and done that management job or whatever uh-huh. and used my skills and still had my asset and my farm and waited for the, the drought to break and then fire back up again. Um, but there was a lot of knee-jerk reactions happened around then. And, and as I said, my bank manager told it was like only just at Christmas time, goes, we were having a coffee and he said, if I'd have known what I know now, you know mm. things would have been different. So, you know, and that's what you're saying. Like you don't necessarily have to start off, uh, you know, with the 60 stand rotary and, your, and a feed barn and a, or whatever you want. You know, to you can start off small and, and build. And, and oh, I know lots of people that have got jobs and great jobs um, off farm, and it's all working for them because one, there's this this the passion to be a farmer, they love, and I'm talking particularly dairy farming, love their cows, love that, love the, the lifestyle of bringing their kids up in that environment, but they've got good jobs and it all all works together, like, and, you know, when you're younger, you've got to put the hard yards in, or even when you're older, like me developing a, a new business, you've got to put the hard yards in to make it work, and and that's farming. Um, well that's life in general mm-hmm. you know if you want to get something out of life you've got to work hard for it nothing comes easy and anyone that thinks it does um yeah they need to reevaluate what their what they're, um you know how they're looking at life uh, and look and i got taught that lesson really well by my oldest son who's a musician and you know, everyone talks about overnight success and stuff like that, especially in the music industry, because all of a sudden someone appears on the radio with this great song and you go, oh, where'd they come from? But no one's seen the, the gigs that they were playing to pubs when two people were watching them and, you know, you know, 10 years ago and no one knew who they were. And all of a sudden their, you know, overnight successes mm-hmm. were... 10 years is not quite overnight. That's, and that's right. generally what happens and, and that's farming as well because, you know, I probably fell into the trap and was my wife's farm family were generational farmers and just happened to be where we bought our farm, They were our, our neighbours as well. And I seen what they were doing, thinking, why can't I do that? And I fell into mm. a little bit of that trap of trying using their model as my model and it wasn't my model I should have created my now with the knowledge I've got created my own model so whatever that would be and as I said when the drought was on that would have been held now in hindsight hold on to my farm and maybe then you know destock and then restock and go again my decision was was we left the farm Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just unfortunate can't take back history but that's um you know, my, my advice is, yeah, if you've got that dream, fight harder for it. Because at the end of the day, I lost my identity the day that I left my farm, and it's taken me a long time to find where it is. And now I've found it as a speaker, and obviously working on farms. And that I still had that passion, and I still love working with cows, but it wasn't the same. Mm. Um, but I was still be I was still able to use and develop the skills that I've accumulated over the years to well, I believe become a good manager on a farm. <laughs> Some people might disagree with you, but <laughs> but uh, I believe that I was good and I was good at what I did, and I still am good at what I what I did and and do and and love that 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 challenge of basically getting turning green stuff into white stuff and keeping cows on their feet and making sure they're healthy and doing everything ethically and all that sort of stuff. All, all those skills that you develop along the way but I could have done that and still had my farm um, and I'll you know and that's I think that's where something like what you're doing fits in because that would have given either myself op- different options um, you know and it's about building those relationships and um, unfortunately our relationship and connections come <laughs> 14 years too late but for me but you know that's the idea of it if you can uh, you know, I think your role is like my role as a speaker at the moment. You're like the conduit. That's the way I look at it. Mm -hmm. I'm a conduit that I can talk to people. And if people are struggling, I've got networks behind me now after four years of speaking that I can plug people into to get them the help that they need. You're doing the same thing. You know, you're, you're like the conduit. You've got contacts you can map. Match people together. Um, you can connect with people that can make dreams happen, and that's that's really important. I
0: agree, and I um, think about your story, and, I, and yeah, I, I love the idea of we can inspire the 25 year old Warren Davies to keep going for the farm ownership dream, um, and and me as an eight year old, like I still think about when my parents said I wasn't going to get the farm, and I just straight away knew, oh, I'm not going to be a farmer. But I love the idea that we can change people's mindsets and go, no, no. That's not going to stop you. You can still own this farm, and you know there's there's still ways to get get to your dream. And I think that's that's what keeps us going. And, and so and this sort of leads me to my next question, Warren, around um, chasing your dreams. And the reality probably is for so for so many farmers is it's probably a ten a ten year journey to go from yes I want to own my farm or to finding a pathway to get there because uh, convincing people uh, can take a while. So thoughts on how how you keep hanging on to that vision when things take 10,
1: 10 years. Um, what, what Any tips around that? Well, I suppose it depends where your passion lies. Um, and like we said, there's lots of things that you can do. So if you're working off farm and your passion's farming, develop your skills, like do the stuff that you need to do to make sure that you're, you're top of your game. Um, and, it, you know, it's, I think if you've, if you've got that dream, and you know, and, and, and farming's different to say I want to be an AFL footballer dream, um, because you know, at the start you've got to have the skill at the start to be an AFL footballer yep. to be recognised to move forward. And but farm ownership is about developing skills and building knowledge and and doing what you need to do to get yourself in the position where you're best. Um, situated for either someone it's it works out it doesn't matter if it's an investor or it's a bank or whatever you've still got to sell your skills to whoever it is for them to jump on board so um, it's about developing those skills so you know <clears throat> at a young age see and that's where I think my story went a little bit wrong is I just wanted to own my own farm from day one and and i had done that apprenticeship and thought naively that's all I needed to do but in hindsight, I would have loved to have travelled to the states or something and developed more skills, and that's the step I should have taken probably before the farm ownership, and or you know, or, or wherever it was, or or managed the farms that I've managed since, you know, yeah. big farms and learnt lots about managing staff and all those skills that you think you, well, traditional farming, those skills weren't important, but these days they are because it doesn't matter if, unless you're just a complete farming unit farm if you're if you're on a bigger farm you're going to have to employ people and you're going to have to have those skills so just go on that journey and and know that you know there's time you know but it's a bit of an like it's a bit of a challenging statement because everyone says life's short and get on with it but at the end of the time at the end of the day you've also got time you don't have to put yourself into a position where Everything's gonna. I suppose it's that, that old saying about like um, building a good foundation. If you don't build a good foundation, the house falls over. And you know, it's the build putting those blocks in place and building your dream. To the ultimate, the ultimate um, part of that. This conversation is that that farm ownership. So start building those blocks. Learn the skills that you need to do, and just keep building and progressing until you get to that stage.
0: I, I like. I like it, I keep talking to Tim Hicks about this co-founder. Um, and it's taken longer than we'd hoped to, for them to get onto their farm ownership. And, um, you know, he's, he, we haven't had have phone calls and oh, it just feels slow and feels, feels frustrating. And I kept thinking, well, actually what you're doing is you're getting all their skills in running farms, uh, and working with people that you're can steal and use and have for the rest of your life. When you get onto your, onto your farm, it feels like there's this, yep. uh, this period of, of upskilling, which is so valuable for you for when you get onto that, that property. So maybe that's the way of thinking is like, I need, I know I need to go through these. Um, it's like almost risk mitigation in a way. You're utilizing somebody else's farm for you, to get yeah. yourselves, <laughs> uh, yourself up to the, to the skills you need to be. That's as you're talking, that's what I was thinking just then is that, that idea of risk mitigation so that you can get rid of those uh, uh, bad ideas or poor ways of doing things and, and on someone else's property.
1: Yeah. But it's also just, yeah, it's just having those skills. So um, like when we left our farm, I, I went to Mount Gambier and managed a farm and I reckon in the first six months of that farm, even though I'd been on my own farm for close on 20 years and worked on a farm for seven years prior to that, in six months I learnt stuff that I never knew in six months. Like I'd seen stuff that I'd never seen, dealt with different problems because we were in a different area and, that, and that's something that, it's not ideal because you have to move around, but I'd recommend to any aspiring farmer is don't farm in one district. Mm. Farm in a couple of different districts and and learn different skills. that they, they all come back and um, they're all in your toolbox when you need them, mm. wherever you're farming. But I, like moving from northern Victoria to southeast South Australia, I learnt different. Skills in six months, and I'd been a farmer for all my life at that stage, and learnt stuff that I never even knew. One of them, yeah, managing people was one of those skills that I just I never had because all on my farm, all I had to do was manage myself. I didn't have to manage people, so yeah, it was um. So yeah, uh, if I had to recommend to anyone that was going on this pathway, is obviously if farm ownership's not today and you have to build those skills maybe set about you know that 10 year plan but move around a little bit and learn skills from different places which is a like the old way of thinking I'm going to have a job for 40 years and then I'll retire well that doesn't happen in any industry these days so why does it have to happen in farming so move around and learn skills off different people and And then at, at the end of the day you've got a toolbox that you can't carry around, you need a ute to carry it around because you've got that many skills that you can use anywhere. (laughs) That's great.
0: Well, a blatant plug is that we've got farms on our database right now for farmers to grab on and uh, if you um, want to get on a great farm, build those skills, they're all over Australia. So get traveling, pick up those farms. And um, one of my last questions, uh, Warren, is uh, about, about retiring farmers and given your unique perspective in traveling to all corners of Australia, I want, to, I want to see if you've got any messages of hope to aspiring farmers. That are there retiring farmers out there that you've seen that are open to this idea of transitioning ownership to kids that aren't their own. Um, like we mentioned, we talked about it quickly the other day. But it's always intriguing to see people who haven't really known what we're doing and throw this question at them and uh, to see what they say. Um, but I won't, I won't jump in. But your thoughts on that?
1: So you talked about before about that the the seed of the unbreakable farmer if you like which I I had a, never clarified before but I I i really uncomfortable in that in the farming space calling myself the unbreakable farmer and I always <laughs> before every talk explain how it all happened because I'm not the unbreakable farmer every farmer's unbreakable and face their challenges it was just I did a speaker course and we had to come up with this superhero name that was part of the workshop and Standing up in front of a group of, and I call Melbourne people. They were like, so there was about 13 or 14 of us, and we had to spill our guts basically. That was part (laughs) of the workshop. And one bloke stopped me halfway, not even halfway through me spilling my guts. He goes, Stop, you're the unbreakable farmer. And I thought, Shit, that sounds okay. (laughs) So coffee break, coffee break went straight to go daddy and um, typed in the domain name. No, it's available. <laughs> Bang. That's it. So, and the rest is history. Like, so that's how that come about. But to, to get back to that, that first seed of the unbreakable farmer happened when on my search for my identity, I become a real estate agent for three years as a, as a dairy specialist for a local firm in Shepparton here. And basically every day, for the three years I worked there, I, I dealt with three Ds every day: death, divorce, and drought. And sitting around tables with guys that had been farmers for 40 years, their kids had gone to uni. Um, basically, they wanted to get off the farm, but couldn't afford to get off the farm. You know, there was that really conflicting conversation that they were having in their head. And basically, what I become is not a real estate agent. I become a counsellor. <laughs> And that's uh, and then I thought, well, there I've got my journey, and I can hit these two together. But on the other side of it, which is your journey now, is those farmers that I sat face to face with, generally, genuinely distraught with their decision-making process because they'd worked a whole bloody life to build this asset and this farm that they were so proud of, and for whatever reason and most of them legitimate reasons, their kids had moved away to uni or whatever or got married and didn't want the farm, they had to sell it and they didn't want to do that. Most of them really uh, deep in their heart didn't want to sell that farm and that's when like we had this first conversation a few weeks back. I thought, well, what a fantastic idea that you've got because that would have given these people – an idea and I set about doing that a little bit like I was doing a little bit of a remote farm management where I was managing a number of farms remotely and it kind of worked and it kind of didn't um, for all different reasons and probably most of them were financial constraints within the industries at that stage but <laughs> that, that idea kind of got born from those kitchen table conversations mm-hmm. with these farmers and, and you know that's kind of what what you're doing now because if I had had that, well, here's Sam's card, give him a call, this could be an option that you could go down that, you know, go and spend the next 12 months in Italy or in the Maldives and let's kind of match you with this guy who's passionate like mm-hmm. you were when you were 25 years old about farming and let him take it on. And one, you can you can retain your asset and, and and while he's buying it off you or however you structure it and two so you might be able to mentor this this young fella and turn him into the farmer that you are, yeah. that you are yeah and that's 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 where i see this old concept is fantastic because the the statistics tell us that you know the average age of a farmer is getting up there and a lot of these guys are at the end of Their working life, and they've got these farms that they've worked so hard for, and at the end of the day, they've just got to cash them in because that's the only option. Yeah,
0: and it makes me so sad to think about that. I was talking to a retiring couple a couple of weeks ago about this very thing, and they said, "Oh, I can't believe um, I've only just found out about what you're doing because we don't want to sell, but that's all we—that's all the only option we have. We didn't know there was other options out there, and that just makes me feel so sad." and but also in some way that I want to inspire aspiring farmers that there is a massive market out there of retirement age farmers who want you, who need you, who don't know about you. And uh, I think that's the sort of spark I want to get out to people is that, is get rid of that mental barrier of double guessing what a retiring farmer might want. Uh, Who wouldn't love the idea of what you just said, backing a top quality farmer who would love the land just as much as you do. And you can download all your knowledge uh, and help yeah. realize the vision for your farm. Like that is a great offer, uh, and we're just got to be. And you, as aspiring farmer, have to be persistent to go and chase it and try and uncover those farmers. Uh, and maybe there's something here about real estate agents, Warren, as well. We maybe need to get them activated and, and highlighting these options as well.
1: Exactly right. But the, the, I think the thing is, is, is that there has to be a mindset shift, um, like with everyone, and and don't just think that. On both sides, that they're selling that farm is the option. Like, there's so many. Yeah, when you when I, you start moving in really entrepreneurial um, kind of circles, people come up with solutions to problems that you just think, wow, you know, that'd work. And exactly what you're doing. And but it's just don't let that mental barrier stop you. And I suppose that goes back to your initial question how do you just keep persisting and i think it's a changing your mindset and just knowing that there's a way i've just got to find it and i might have to tread water for a couple of years while i find that solution but but why not while i'm treading that water develop the skills that i need to so when that day comes when that solution you know lands on my doorstep or i walk into that solution i'm ready to go um, that's the. I think that's the important part. Is that if you've got that dream, keep chasing it. Eventually, the solution will find you. It's great, mate. Well, let's leave it there. I'm I hope and I'm sure farmers watching
0: this are, are pumped up. And we want you to keep chasing your dreams as possible. Uh, I'm pumped up to keep chasing the cultivate farms dream. So I'll, I'll keep going on that, mate. It, where um, can people find out more about you? You've got a website, and, and um, you you can be on call for across Australia to come and do talks. And, and can you do one on one? What what are the things you yeah. offer,
1: Warren? Ah, uh, lots of <laughs> ever evolving. Yeah. Never say no. Change. Don't have a locked mindset because everything changes from day to day. So, I had a massive conversation with someone yesterday that wants me to do kind of door to door stuff to remote farmers, which was something that I haven't wow. done. But it was just, well, why not? You know, and never say, never say no. And I think the the biggest thing I've learnt out of this journey. of becoming a speaker is never say no just say yes and then consult with your diary and make sure it can work and if it can't (laughs) find another solution but just say yes and i think that's that transpires through to what we've been talking about as well um just say yes and just keep going and keep trying to follow that dream you know trying you know you've got that dream the thing that you want to achieve just keep doing whatever you have to do to make sure you achieve it and we're going to do a few more follow-up videos as well and
0: Get this conversation going. But it's um you went to GoDaddy and the URL you got was uh
1: break- Oh yep, sorry, yep, sorry, well I've got sidetracked. Yeah. Um <laughs> www.theunbreakablefarmer.com.au com or you can check me out on on um Facebook, LinkedIn, um Snapchat. Instagram. You're on Snapchat. Snapchat. No, well. um, Your kids are I just don't I just don't get that Snapchat thing. <laughs> <laughs> mate, you'll be on it. You're, don't never say never, you said, so you'll be on it very no, soon. No, that's it. I'll, I've tried to learn those skills, and then I think I've got too much on me plate at the moment. And I'll just hone the ones that I'm good at, and then I'll move on to Snapchat later on. <laughs> and by the time I get there, there'll be something else. That's right. You'll be teleporting <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Uh, Warren, that's exactly right.
0: mate, thank you so much for your time. You're very generous. Uh, I've got a lot out of this, and I know a farmer's will have as well. So thanks, mate, and looking forward to another catch-up very soon, and enjoy the sunshine in Cuyabra.
1: No worries. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Cheers, mate.
0: Thanks for your attention. We know there are thousands of other things you could be doing or other podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen to listen to us. We appreciate your time so much. Please reach out uh, as we're happy to work through your
1: farm ownership pathway with you. Let's get you farming.